Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. Doing a pod for the Mavs, uh, sort of pre-game pod. Uh, I'm actually recording this on Sunday in the morning. Um, it's prior to the uh, Indiana game. And I wanted to do a pod because, you know, it, it, the Mavs had a couple days off since their last win. Um, they won seven in a row now. Um, the last win coming from, uh, or should I say, to the against the Phoenix Suns. It was a 10-point win. Um, I thought it was a really good win for the Mavs. Uh, one of the things that the Mavs have sort of, I don't want to say like struggled with, but one of the things you'd like to see them do better is win home games. Uh, I, their, their road record is um, 15 and 10, and their home record's 18 and 13. Uh, obviously, they've played more home games than road games, so they are, they're about, you know, they're on a four game road trip right now, but uh, they're, they're going to catch up, start to catch up with those road games. But the winning percentage for home and road. Are you know you have you have three fewer losses on the road, so you know you want to improve that home record, and so it was really good to see them get a home win. Now these next four games are against Eastern Conference opponents. They play four this week, um, one today, one tomorrow, I believe one Wednesday and one Friday. Um, the Wednesday one is the one I, I can't remember if that's. Um, what it is, but uh, it's the Toronto game. They play Indiana today, Cleveland tomorrow, then they play Toronto, then they play Boston. Now, when it comes to Indiana, I do think the Mavs are a better team than Indiana. Indiana has two more losses than the Mavs, plus the Eastern Conference at the bottom part of the East is so like bad. Um, it, it's it's ridiculous. They, those Eastern Conference teams have such an easy schedule. Uh, it's a little frustrating as a fan of a Western Conference team because you're going to get competition even if you play in San Antonio. You're, it's not, you know, San Antonio is not going to lay down. You know, Wimbledon is playing well, and so one through fifteen, you're going to get competition. But man, the the teams in the East are so bad. I, I just, it's it's annoying. But uh, anyhow, that's just how it how it goes. Um, but the Indiana Pacers, they're a good team. Uh, you know, I think Dallas, like I said, is a better team, and I, I think it's a game they can win. Uh, you know, the the game after that is Cleveland. Dallas has struggled with Cleveland um, as of late. I, I think it's because Cleveland's size, Jared Allen, pretty much dominates the paint. But I think with Dallas's acquisitions in the trade deadline, I, I think it balances out a little better. Uh, you know, I watched Cleveland play Orlando the other day. And Orlando actually won in Cleveland. Uh, it was a good win for Orlando, but uh, you know they're they're beatable, right? So, you know it's a game Dallas can win. Um, the Toronto game is obviously the game they should win. Toronto's not a good team; they're rebuilding. It's it's the Boston game on Friday. You know if Dallas goes in with the winning streak and Boston comes in with the same winning streak, because I believe Boston's won like seven in a row as well. I'll look here in a second, but um. That's going to be one of those games where, you know, Boston will probably win and they'll use it as some sort of 
oh, Tatum's better than Luka type situation, but whatever. It, it is what it is. You can't deal with the national media right now. They're sort of on a love fest. Some of them, half of them are on a love fest with the Mavs, and it's it's a little uh, makes you a little nervous that they like them a little too much, but um, sometimes, sometimes, hopefully it's something that'll work out. So, um, you know, I, I would like to see you know, Dallas win these next at least three games. If they go into Boston and they lose by two, whatever, you know, so be it. If they go into Boston and lose by 30, that's going to be annoying. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I hope it's, you know, obviously you take it one game at a time. I, I know that's a uh, an annoying type of uh, uh, saying because everybody says it, but you really do. You really can't look ahead, you know. That Dallas has to focus on Indiana because Indiana is good. So is Cleveland, right? So Dallas does need to focus on those two teams. They don't need to worry about that Boston game later. Um, but I, I just—it's it, cool to see them win so many. It's what they needed. They needed a long win streak um, to improve not only their record but just get some continuity with the team. They're starting to get healthy. Everyone's basically back except Dante Exum. Um, the story goes that Exum might actually play tomorrow evening. Uh, it'll be like the first time, theoretically, I, I don't know, obviously after this game, I don't know what Dallas is going to do because it is the second night of a back-to-back. It would be annoying if they sat their guys. You know, they just had a long layoff for the All-Star break. I don't think they should be sitting guys on back-to-backs, but you just never know with this team. Uh, you know, it would be cool if... They played everyone on two, Monday, and you had a full roster since, like, opening night. I, I think opening night they had a full roster. I don't think anybody was on the injury list, but uh, I, I think it would be cool if they could have that. But uh, anyhow, you know, the last win against Phoenix was a good win. Obviously, Bradley Beal didn't play. Um, a lot of Phoenix fans are making that excuse uh, the one thing I will say about that is if you know Bradley Beal plays, then you're not going to get the shots that Eric Gordon got. and uh, Even Royce O'Neal took a bunch of shots. He took eight threes, and Eric Gordon took seven. Right? These, these, Royce O'Neal took 12 shots. Eric Gordon took 10. Basically, if Beal plays, those guys don't get to shoot as much, and those guys actually shot really well. So... You, you know, what you look at is what guys like Durant did and Booker did. Uh, Durant actually struggled from the field. He, he was 9 for 22 overall. Uh, I thought P.J. Washington and Maxie both did a really good job. You know, the first half, Nurkic, um, you know, Nurkic is a savvy big. And one of the things I noticed with Lively is being a young player, he struggles against the savvy big, right? And... I thought he was struggling a bit against Nurkic. And Nurkic is bigger than Gafford. And Nurkic was one advantage that I thought that team did have. And in the second half, they went away from him, which obviously is a good thing to see. So Dallas took advantage. But, you know, to me, Dallas is still the better team, even if Bradley Bill does play. You know, Phoenix doesn't have a point guard. I, I just, I think Dallas is the better team. One of the things I've been thinking about, um, sometimes I think about like things in the future, like, you know, Kevin Durant's getting old and so is like Stephen Curry. 
and obviously LeBron James. Now, with the Lakers, you know, once LeBron's gone, I think Anthony Davis goes somewhere else. I think once LeBron retires, I think Anthony Davis leaves. You know, the Lakers don't have the aura, I guess. I just don't think they do. The aura that I think people used to think they have. I think people would rather play in other cities. I think people would rather play in Miami than they would in L.A. at this point. Uh, the the taxes are a big deal. I know a lot of people don't think it is, but it it is. Um, you know, the, the baseball player for uh, the Dodgers that just signed, the Otani. A lot of California politicians are pretty mad because he chose to defer the majority of his money for, you know, when the 10-year contract is up because chances are he's going to leave, retire, and he's not going to have to pay the same taxes. So, you know, taxes are a big deal. And so I don't think, you know, if people wanted to play in L.A. with LeBron, wouldn't they be there now? You know, you look at Kyrie, he chose to stay in Dallas. You know, Lakers could have signed him if, you know, they probably tried, but he wanted to stay in Dallas. Um, you know, once LeBron leaves, where are the Lakers going to be? Um, you know, once Kevin Durant leaves, is Phoenix going to be a playoff team? Because at that point, you're just hoping Bill can stay healthy. Uh, you know, that's that was something that one of the reasons I really didn't care to trade for Bradley Bill for the Mavs is he just can't stay healthy. You know, it was an annoying part of Porzingis having him around. And, you know, good for him. He's been able to stay healthy. Um, I'm curious to see if he can make it through an entire playoff run. He's not done that yet. Uh, you know, in his first playoff appearance with Dallas, he got hurt in the first round. Obviously, Dallas didn't um, continue. You know, they lost that series. But, uh, you know, the second time around, he was able to stay healthy. But Dallas, again, they lost that series. So you never got to see and that's it. He's only played in the round one twice. So one time he got hurt and the other time he didn't. So I'm curious to see, you know, like like I said, when Phoenix, when Durant retires in a year or two, three maybe, I, I don't know. Does As he gets older, he's not going to be as good. You know, you, as, you know, LeBron is playing well. You know, LeBron's playing really good basketball, but LeBron's not the player he used to be. He can't carry a team like that anymore, hence the, they're sitting at number 10 in the standings, right? He's still a fantastic player, but he can't carry a team, and, and it's going to work the same way with Durant and Curry. You look at, you know, Golden State's on a run right now. They're doing really well, but once Curry leaves, you know, Golden State's never been a free agent destination. So I'm curious as to what happens to those teams um, once, once those players are gone. Um, it's just things I, I think about. Um, just out randomly. But anyhow, back to the Mavs. Um, like I said, that, that Phoenix game, you know, Luka had 41, 11 assists, and 9 rebounds, and Kyrie had 29. He was incredible. The way he shot the 3, 5 for 8. You know, even Luka shot the 3 well. He was 6 for 11. It was 54%. Uh, he made all his free throws, which is always exciting to see with him. And Dallas just had better players. Um, you know, Booker's a good shooter. He didn't score for like an entire quarter, an almost quarter and a half. He sort of disappears. He's not 
and I'm not. I know a lot of Suns fans like to throw Booker out there. I, you know, Booker is a good scorer, but he does disappear. You know, Tatum disappears, and it's it's not that I'm like trying to be like a hater. They're good players, right? They're great players. They're all star players. They're top ten players in this league, right? But they do have moments where they disappear, and it is what it is. Um, you know, Tatum came out and said that he doesn't get MVP talk because he doesn't have the numbers. Well, I'm sorry, you got four all-star teammates, and a lot of people, they push back on that. Um, you know, Porzingis was an all-star. Uh, Drew Holiday was an all-star. Jalen Brown was an all-star. And, you know, I and Al Horford, an all-star. And they push back on the Al Horford about his age, and he's like, hey, he's older. He doesn't take away from him being a great player still. And just because you didn't make the All-Star team this year doesn't mean you're not a great player. You're still an All-Star caliber player. And, you know, it's the one argument I've made about, you know, people think LeBron should have gotten more MVPs. LeBron spent half his career on super teams. You know, LeBron didn't have to do as much. If LeBron misses, you know, that team still has a chance to win by 20. It is what it is. People don't like to hear it, but... You know, I look at, like, Luka. He's spent half the season missing half his roster, you know, and he's had to do a lot of work. The record shows. Um, you know, there's a handful of teams like Oklahoma City, Minnesota, even Boston, like I was talking about. They've had very good luck with health. And it's, it's one of those things that you just – it either works out or it doesn't. And there's a reason Minnesota and Oklahoma City are top of the West, that they've had health all year. You know, the Clippers, believe it or not, they've had pretty good health. Le- Ka- Kawhi's played the entire year, just about. Even Denver, I think uh, Murray missed um, several games, but it wasn't enough to affect the team overall. You know, New Orleans has had some injury issues, but funny enough, Zion's not been part of that. Zion's actually played all year which is cool to see. And, you know, Sacramento has actually not had any injury problems. I just, you know, one of the things I I talked about prior to the season, I mentioned it already, you know, they just had some clutch stats that if they, they won games last year that they're not winning this year and their record reflects it. Uh, You know, Dallas is half a game up on them. Dallas has one more win. They have the same number of losses. Dallas and New Orleans have the same number of losses as well, but New Orleans does have the one extra win. Um, I don't know if New Orleans is placed today. I'll look here in a minute. But, you know, Dallas can tie New Orleans. I think New Orleans owns the tiebreaker, uh, I believe. But, uh, you know, Minnesota and Oklahoma City are playing good. Still, the Nuggets are okay. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. But the top three teams, I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. I, You know, I don't, right now, if the season were to end today, Dallas would face the Clippers in the first round. That's going to be very, that would be very annoying. I hope something changes from now, from you know, then till now. Um, Dallas's schedule is a bit easier. There's a couple teams like Oklahoma City whose schedule is a bit tougher. Uh, I think Phoenix's schedule's tougher. I could be wrong about Oklahoma City, but I thought Oklahoma City had a tougher 
schedule. Um, I saw a list the other day, and I, I got to say I can't remember, but obviously Eastern Conference uh, Eastern Conference teams dominate that uh, schedule. Easy schedule because getting to play Charlotte, Washington, Toronto, Detroit, even Brooklyn on a night-to-night basis. Um, you know, Chicago's played better, but they're still four games under five hundred at the ninth spot. Atlanta's, um, funny enough, Atlanta's six games or eight games under five hundred, And they are the tenth spot, right? I mean, that's... You look at Golden State's three games over 500, and they're in the tenth spot. Atlanta's eight games under 500. That tells you what you need to know between the difference between the East and the West. Utah's record is 26 and 31, which is what around what Chicago's is at number nine in the East. And if Utah is playing those Eastern Conference teams, they got a better record. Same thing with Houston; they're 25 and 31. Not until you get to Memphis does it really fall off. Uh, you know, Memphis plays. They're playing a lot of young guys right now. They've sort of uh, passed on this season. They've had a, they've had a ton of injury problems. Uh, same thing with Portland. Plus, they 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 just need to rebuild anyways. But uh, you know, I, I would like to see Dallas hopefully finish the season healthy. You know, if you miss one or two games there, that's fine. But being out extended periods of time is was what really hurt Dallas. I think if they have a healthy team all year. They're up with the top four. There's no doubt in my mind. They're only four games back of Denver in the loss column, and they've had tons of injury history and or injuries this year. So, you know, every Luca and Kyrie both playing. Dallas has a very good winning percentage. Uh, you add Lively to that, the percentage goes up. So, the fact that you know, they've missed so many games to injury really hurt them. Now, you know, going forward, like I said, they have, I believe, the ninth easiest schedule or something like that. They do have some tough ones coming up. So it probably does get easier after this week. But, you know, one of the things that, I, and, you know, I've, I've praised Dallas a lot. One of the things that I will say that I still do get nervous about, and I don't want to put any sort of damper on the win streak because it, it's going well. One of the things I still do get nervous about is I, I still don't trust Jason Kidd. Um, one of the things that annoyed me last game was against Phoenix was crunch time. He brought in Josh. He brought in Hardaway over Josh Green. Not only was Josh Green shooting the ball very well, but he's a better defender. And Hardaway couldn't shoot to save his life. He was like one for nine on his threes. And he's a he's just an awful defender. And, you know, in that game, you know, I, I plus minus is a stupid stat. But there were only a handful, like a couple players on Dallas's roster that had a minus that game. And Hardaway was one of them. You know, Hardaway should not be playing in crunch time. He just should not, unless he's hitting his shots. If he's hitting all his shots, that's fine, but you have to be able to identify that as the coach and say, you know what, this game, I can't play you at the end of the game because you're not making your shots. And he's not a good defender, and the fact that Jason Kidd still can't figure that out is very frustrating. You have to play Josh Green in that moment. Um, They were lucky that Phoenix struggles in the fourth quarter that's been one of their struggles all season. 
And they were lucky that PJ and Maxi were playing some awesome defense. I just think if you have Josh Green instead of Tim Hardaway, your defense is even better. Um, even once Exum comes back, you've got to play one Exum or Josh Green, even Derek Jones over Tim Hardaway. You just have to. When you have a lead, you've got to play your defensive players to protect that lead. They didn't need to shoot. Like, that's what Tim Hardaway's only strength is shooting threes. And it's, that strength is only there when he's making them. And when he's not making them, you're literally playing five on four on both sides of the court. And it's very frustrating that Hardaway played 30 minutes that night and Josh Green played 25. That just that can't happen. It just can't. And that's where I still am nervous about Dallas. I can't trust Jason Kidd. I can't. I, I don't know what he's going to do in a seven-game series. Is it going to hurt the team? You know, Jaden Hardy's been playing very well. He didn't even see the court. Now, again, people will say, well, they won the game. And I get that. They did win it. And that's great. But, again, like, on Friday when they played Boston, Boston's a lot better than Phoenix. You can't just throw Hardaway out there and watch Jason Tatum post him up, play in and play out, and just dominate him and just be like, okay, yeah, we're just going to leave Hardaway out there. That's, that's losing basketball. It is. And I'm afraid that's, you know, it's what we saw against Denver. Watching Aaron Gordon just post up Hardaway Every play, they teams know, teams scout you. They know who the bad defenders are. You know, teams used to hunt Luka. Luka's, Luka's out there trying. He's going to play good defense. Teams are going to hunt Tim Hardaway. They do it. They know he's a poor defender. And it's it's just one of those things where I, I feel like Jason Kidd, he, he has to figure that out. And like I said, when Hardaway's making his shots – Hey, play him. And you know, Hardaway's better on the road with his shooting anyway. So if he's hitting his shots, that's fine. Play him. But if he's not hitting his shots, he's not that guy who's going to, he's not going to shoot his way back into a rhythm. He's not. That's not who he is. That's why he was one for nine on his threes. Josh Green can. Josh Green played awesome against Phoenix. He hit some big shots. And. I just I need Josh Green to have more minutes. I do. And I, I just, like I said, I, I have a problem with the rotation still. And it's very frustrating for me as, as a fan because I, I can see the player's weaknesses. And I feel like as a fan, if I can see the player's weakness and the coach can't, we've got a problem. And so that's just the one thing that, that still I struggle with. Um, I think if Dallas had a better coach, they'd have a better record. That's just my opinion. I know, like I said, a lot of people will listen to this and say you're dumping on a team that's won seven in a row, and that's not what I'm doing, right? I, I think it's great. I think Jason Kidd's done some positive things um, in this seven-game winning streak. I like when teams go small and he plays Maxie and PJ at the same time. Against Phoenix, they had no chance when they went small and Dallas had Maxie and PJ. That defensive combination was incredible. Maxie's defense, since he's come back from his injury, has just been incredible. He struggled with his shot sometimes. But in that Phoenix game, he had a lot of two-pointers, and that was really good to see. Um, he didn't settle for three on a few shots. So Maxie's been playing better 
and he's playing really good basketball. And I, you know, the same thing with Josh Green. I, I want my playoff rotation, my bench rotation to be heavy minutes for Green and Maxi and Gafford, obviously. Um, you know, Gafford and Lively, they didn't play a lot in the second half because, like I said, Phoenix went small. I don't think that's going to be the same thing for Indiana. Obviously, Indiana and Cleveland, they're going to play big. Also, Boston, they're also going to play big. Um, Toronto, they're a bad team, so I, I don't know what they're going to do. But um, Cleveland and Boston will play big. I don't know about Indiana. After Miles Turner, I don't know who they use for a backup center. I don't know if that Jason Smith, Jalen Smith, maybe that might be his name. He's a smaller, big. Um, he's more like Dwight Powell as far as size-wise. So you can play Maxie and PJ if he's the big. And... But when Turner's in, you got to play Gafford and Lively. Obviously, Turner's a big guy. He can shoot. He's a good player. I like Turner. A lot of people want to turn on the Mavs, but his injury history is frustrating to me. Again, he's another guy who just can't seem to stay healthy. And you can't have a ton of those guys. That's, you know, I like Exum, but, you know, Curry's, or not Curry, uh, Kyrie is a player who's got injury history, but Kyrie is like a great player. He's, as I forget what the national media says, he's still a top 20, 15 player in this league. He is, and he's showing it. But Kyrie does have injury history, and you can't have half your guards have injury histories like Exum and Kyrie. And, you know, Exum has played well on this team, but if he can't stay healthy, you know, I would like to get some. But, you know, in this offseason, if you can – trade Hardaway and get Dorian and Dennis Smith in return, I'd take that because Smith plays, and he's a really good defender. Um, he also still jumps very high. Like he, He's got a lot of really good highlights that uh, Dennis Smith Jr. does this year. He's sort of a, he's sort of a player that uh, doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, if, you, you know, if he didn't play for your team, you probably don't know who he is. But, I mean, I know people know who he is, but they don't talk about him. Um, I think he's – I would love to have Den Dennis Smith Jr. back on the team, but I don't know if Mark Cuban would do that. I, uh, they sort of had a rocky relationship before he left. But uh, anywho, uh, you know, this game starts at 4 o'clock Central Time, my time. Um, like I said, I live in the Dallas area, so it is 4 o'clock um, for game time. I wish it was a little bit earlier, but 4 o'clock's fine. Like I said, I hope everybody plays tomorrow. I hope Luca plays. I hope Kyrie plays. I hope they have a full roster. And, you know, the Indiana, where Indiana plays and Cleveland, it's not a long flight. It's not the states up there close to each other. You're going to Toronto. Toronto's not that far from Cleveland. It's a short flight. Um, then you're going to Boston. It's, again, it's another short flight. I think everybody should be playing. You know, when you get in the New England area up there, like I said, everything's closer together. It's not like being in Texas where driving from Texarkana to El Paso is a all-day thing. It's a 15-hour, 16-hour trip, something like that. So um, these are short flights from one town to the next. Everybody should be able to play, and hopefully they do. And, you know, it would be neat to go into Boston with a – 10-game winning streak. That would be awesome, right? I don't want to get ahead of myself, obviously, but I think Dallas is better than the next three teams they're playing. 
I do. I, I think they're better than Indiana. I think they're better than Cleveland. Obviously, they're better than Toronto. And, you know, they play Philly on Sunday. Next Sunday, um, I don't think Embiid will be playing. Dallas has beaten Philly uh, to start the winning streak. I think Philly was the first or second game or something like that. So when Embiid's not playing, obviously Dallas is clearly the better team. Even if Embiid plays, um, Dallas, I think, is still better. Embiid's a good player, but Dallas has size now. Um, you know, Philly's been on a down slope. You know, they're they're four and six in their last ten. Um, New York's been on a downslide. They've had a lot of injury history, or a lot of history. They've had a lot of injuries this season. Um, since prior to the All Star break and moving forward, they're four and six in their last ten. Milwaukee's four and six in the last ten, but that's a good thing because they've really been struggling. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I've given my opinion on that. You know, Indiana's just five and five in their last ten. It's Cleveland. They're seven and three in their last ten, but they've lost two in a row. So it is a beatable team. Uh, Boston's won eight in a row. So it's it's you know I don't foresee them losing anytime soon. Like I said, they're a really good team. I think if anything holds Boston back, it's going to be an injury. If Porzingis does end up getting an injury where he misses significant time, that does hurt them. Porzingis does a lot for them. And I think if he goes out, that, you know, sort of hurts them. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, I Milwaukee, I thought they really blew it in the offseason. I thought they, they made some bad decisions that led to helping their rivals in the conference because obviously Drew Holiday wasn't going to stay in Portland. He was going to be traded, and Boston took advantage of it because Portland was rebuilding at that point, and they got to send out Malcolm Brogdon, who is a good player. He won sixth man of the year, but he's a guy who can't stay healthy. So you trade Malcolm Brogdon for Drew Holiday 40 times out of 10. And so it's, you know, and then to get, you know, Porzingis on top of that, you know, if you get Porzingis and don't get Drew Holiday, it, I don't know what their team looks like. But having both those guys, it makes them the best team in the league. So uh, the only thing I can see, like I said, is an injury. Uh, you know, what's funny is right now Miami's sitting in the eighth spot. You know, one thing that uh, you don't want to do is face Miami in the playoffs. Miami has won three in a row. And Miami doesn't really care about the regular season. They sort of just cruise in the regular season. Uh, what's funny is Miami is in the eighth spot. And they only have 25 losses, where Dallas is in the sixth spot with 23. Uh, they'd probably be in the ninth spot because... Phoenix has 24 losses. But anyhow, it's not a bad record. You know, it's not too far off Dallas's record. And they sort of just cruise through the regular season. And, you know, they're a tough out in the playoffs. Now, I don't think their team is as good as it was last year. But you just never know. You can't count them out. And if whoever plays them in the first round and, and you know, the Western Conference, you know, right now, Either, you know, Sacramento, Phoenix, Los Angeles, or Golden State. Two of those four teams aren't making the playoffs. And that's crazy to think about. Uh, you know, the first play-in game would be Sacramento and Phoenix. 
And the winner of that game would obviously move on to play, right now, Oklahoma City. And, you know, you get Phoenix against OKC in the first round. I don't know who wins that game, that series. I don't. Oklahoma City's not going to be a heavy favorite. They're just not. And then, you know, Golden State and L.A. would have to play each other. And I think Golden State's the better team. They beat L.A. the other day. Um, I don't think L.A. had LeBron, but I think Golden State's still the better team. Um, I think that was the game that LeBron sat out. But uh, like I said, Golden State or L.A., one of those two teams, isn't going to make the playoffs after that first play-in game. And then that winner has to play the loser of that, you know, whether it's Phoenix or Sacramento. If it's Sacramento versus L.A. or Sacramento against Golden State, I do think Golden State wins. They're on a hot streak right now. They're 8-2 and two in the last 10. I do think Sacramento's the odd team out. If I were to put money on it, I think Sacramento and L.A. would miss the playoffs if that's, you know, the the play-in tournament. Obviously, there's enough games for this to change. But I think if it's Sacramento, Phoenix, L.A., Golden State, I think Sacramento and L.A. are the two teams that are out. I think Phoenix and Golden State are the two teams in. And Golden State against Minnesota? Are, is People are just going to hand that to Minnesota? I don't think so. I'm sorry, but Golden State's still an awesome team. Um, they, they do have issues, but they're playing great. And... I think the Western Conference first round is going to be one of the greatest first rounds in a long time. You're going to have four series that you're not going to have heavy favorites. I don't think, you know, right now New Orleans would play Denver. I don't think Denver's a heavy favorite. I'm sorry, New Orleans is playing really good basketball. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. Denver's only 6-4. and four. You know, even though Dallas had would have to play the Clippers and they have a history with that it's not a slam dunk for the clippers dallas is playing great basketball you know whether it's phoenix or sacramento who has to play okc it's not a slam dunk for that team and same thing with even if it's la even if it's phoenix versus minnesota it's not gonna be an easy you know the first round for boston they're gonna get to play either indiana or probably miami now obviously you don't want to play miami I could see Miami moving up because they have the same number of losses as Orlando. Um, Orlando's got 25 losses. Miami has 25 losses. And Indiana has 25 losses. Philadelphia has 23. And New York have 23. And both of those teams are on the downslide because of injuries. And both are 4-6 and six in the last 10. Could New York and Philly slide to the play-in? That's not out of the question. Orlando's playing good basketball. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They're a fun team to watch. They struggle on the road, but they're great at home. But they've won three in a row. They're a fun team to watch. Indiana's been average, but even being average is better than what New York and Philly are doing. So I wouldn't be shocked if New York and Philly fell out and a team like Miami and Orlando moved up. And if New York gets healthy and they end up in the eighth spot, if Philly gets healthy and they end up in the eighth spot and you've got a healthy Philly team versus Boston in the first round, that's going to be pretty darn interesting. <laughs> Same thing with New York. A healthy New York team is pretty good. You know, missing Randall and Mitchell is a big deal because that's a lot of size you're out. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. 
in the East because two games is nothing when you have two teams that have long-term injuries at this point. Embiid's going to be out a while, and I don't know how long Randall's going to be out. He's going to be out a while as well. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Obviously, Chicago and Atlanta to me are sorry. Um, they're just they're going to be they're going to play each other in the play-in, and then that team's the winner. Of that team's just going home. It doesn't matter. This, to me, the top eight right now is what the top eight's going to be. It's just what order are they going to be in. The West, to me, is different. The top ten is what it's going to be. These are the ten teams that are there right now. It's just what order are they going to be in. I, there's no way of knowing. It's going to be it's going to be an exciting ending to the season. So I'm gonna go ahead and end the pod there. Um, like you know, the Mavs game's coming up today. I hope they can get a win. I hope they can make an eight in a row going into Cleveland tomorrow. I hope they can get a full roster. I hope they play everybody tomorrow. Um, so you know, it'd be it'll be neat seeing Dante Exum out there. I'm curious to see what minutes are going to be you know, played even in Indiana. If Jason Kidd played a new, you know, if I had a little more confidence in Jason Kidd, you know, you'd think he'd play, you know, Kyrie maybe a minute or two less, maybe Luka a minute or two less, give Hardy some minutes. He's playing well. Play Hardy some more minutes, and that way you're not playing too many minutes for Luka and Kyrie on the first night of a back-to-back or first day. You know, it's a day game today and then a night game tomorrow, so... If you can, you know, add a few guys to your rotation on the first night of a back-to-back, then the second night's not as bad, you know. If if they can get in a situation where you're not putting too many minutes on Luke and Kyrie in that first game, then you can play them again. That's you can play them in that second game, and that's one of the things I, I wish Kid would sort of recognize. I feel like he doesn't recognize that, but and I'm not gonna get into it again. Anyhow, I'm gonna go ahead and end the pod there. If you could, rate and review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcasts. I really appreciate all those who do listen. And as you know, since football season's ended, the 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 listening to the iPod, the pods, iPod, the pods, increase. They do increase once the uh, second half of the season rolls around and football ends. So that's always cool to see. But uh, I do appreciate everyone who does listen. And until next time, we'll see you later.